0: what's going on welcome to the nonprofit missionary podcast i'm your host ken mcquiller and i'm excited to be here for episode number three it's coming one day late it's been a little bit of a crazy weekend i'll explain that later but we're really excited today to talk a little bit more about grant writing Um, I feel like as a grant writer myself, it's one of the things I'm very passionate about. So today I wanted to talk about kind of the difference between having a grant writer in house versus having an outside grant writer and some of the pros and cons to that. So we'll give a missionary update as well, as well as confessions of a missionary. The nonprofit tip is essentially going to be kind of combined in this, but we're excited to get this going for now the third week here. So first let's take a little bit of a look at our ministry and kind of what's going on in this second week of July here. So here we are in July, it'll be July 13th as this rolls out here. And it's been kind of a busy weekend here. Um, I have some family in town from New York as, um, my youngest sister, and my nephew are here to serve the last week of the summer program. It was Isaac's birthday last week, so we had our party for him on Saturday, so I had some more family that was in for that. And also, one of our bigger grants of the year, had we had our site visit um, just yesterday, so there's been a lot going on as far as just general missions work there. But most importantly, it's the last week of our summer program. Um, We've had a lot of help this year, and it's been really awesome just to kind of see a lot of people come alongside us, and it's really cool to see how God continues to bring the body of Christ together. Um, But big shout out to Louisville Assembly in Louisville, Ohio, um, and Pastor Jake and all of them. They served here last week, and also this week we have um, Scott and Randy Young, who um, are part We're part of Agora. They have several youth groups across the state of Ohio that are helping out at the final week of our summer program. So it's really exciting. I can't wait to kind of talk about some of the stories that God has done. I have a really cool story from last week, but I'm gonna wait until next week to share it because we might have a couple more things that God really has been working on. Um, But I think in general, it's been a really great summer program. Um, I mentioned this last week and probably also the week before, we had some trug- struggles with attendance. Um, that's been kind of an ongoing theme of this summer program. I think part of it is just the disconnect between the, the parents and our organization somewhat, because um, typically that'll happen in the summers anyway, where you have several parents that kind of drop off because kids are going away for the time being or um they're just kind of taking a break they're going on vacation whatever so that's something as we hit the school year and one of a big part of our plan is to continue to engage with our parents and um it's also a big prayer point um pray for our parents to continue to support what we do because without them and without the students we don't really have a ministry so um continue to pray for our families, continue to pray for all those that are involved in what we do. Um, and also a last real quick prayer point is, I had mentioned yesterday or um, yesterday we had um, a big site visit from one of the foundations that we applied to. So pray that um, we continue to get favor there. So with that, I'm gonna start to talk about some of the things with grant writing as it's really interesting how God continues to not just use missions, but to use the nonprofit piece of it to continue to grow the kingdom of God. So let's talk a little bit more about grant writing. So before I get into the nuts and bolts of what I want to talk about today, I just want to kind of talk about myself personally. I've now been a grant writer for about four years. It was something, if you didn't listen to episode one, where I kind of talked about my story, it was one of the ways that I was looking to just kind of raise some money so that I can continue to build up my own personal budget for um, US missions. But through that, God really gave me a passion to continue to grow in this capacity. And I've really seen God continue to move in our ministry through grant writing. And I know that sounds kind of weird, and I know for a lot of people, grant writing is very tedious, but I actually enjoy it a lot. I think it's something that's a lot of fun. I think it's something that I believe that more churches should do because I feel like there's a lot of untapped resources in grant writing. And part of the big push behind why I wanted to do this podcast is to kind of take away a little bit of the stigma behind grant writing and to kind of state the importance of looking into it for churches i don't think it's a fit for every church i don't think it's a fit for every ministry but i think it's worth definitely exploring i look at a lot of the churches that want to do things in the community whether that's doing a food bank whether that's doing an after-school program like ourselves whether that's doing something unconventional I think there's a lot of opportunities for grants in that way. We actually saw a uh, church on the west side of Cleveland. They have a rock climbing gym in their basement. And we were, we had actually, it was a present from, for Shelby, um, as she really loves doing experiences. So we had gotten it off of Groupon and we went and first we couldn't find it. And sure enough, it was in the basement of a church. And as we're walking up the stairs, we see that This rock climbing gym is actually a 501c3. So it's a faith based rock gym that helps connect Hispanic people to the community. So I think it was really cool just to kind of see some of the non conventional ways that people can do ministry. Because especially in our world today, there's a lot of different people that will not step in the foot, in the doors of a church. They will not naturally just go into and Assemblies of God, a Baptist, a Methodists, whatever type of church. But they might go to an after-school program because their kids need help. They might go to a food bank because they really don't have the funds to to eat. Um, they might go to a homeless shelter because they are at the end of their rope. They may go to a rehab facility because they have truly hit rock bottom. And I feel like with... The nonprofit piece of ministry, especially with grants, we can help support more people and we can help continue to build the body of Christ in that way. So that's kind of my passion and my heart behind not only this podcast, but also in general what I do. I love being a missionary, but I also really love doing the nonprofit stuff. It gets me excited. There's a reason why I decided to get my master's degree in it wasn't just because there was a need, but I really just enjoy it. I think it's something that's a lot of fun to do. So to talk a little bit about grant writing, this is by far not going to be the last time I talk about grant writing on this podcast, but I wanted to at least give an introduction in this way. Now there are several types of grant writers out there, but essentially they come down to two categories. Number one is your hourly employee. Number two would be um, an outsourced area. So whether that's like a freelance grant writer or hiring like a grant writer agency that'll do it for you. Something that I've been asked before multiple times is, is it better for you to write grants in-house or to have somebody else do it? And personally, I can't really give you a direct answer to that. And I know you're probably like thinking, well, like, well, what's the point of talking to you about this? Well, I look at it and I feel like for certain organizations, it makes a lot more sense to do it more in-house. And for other organizations, I feel like it makes a lot more sense to outsource it. So I'm going to give a few of the pros and cons of each. And then from there, I'll let you decide. So first of all to kind of give a little bit of the difference. So an hourly grant writer. Now for me personally, technically, I'd be a little bit in between, but I fall more in the hourly grant writer category in the sense that I only write grants for the Learning Center. Now I'm starting to write grants for the Tavern. um, As as we'll talk later on this podcast, where we are with the Tavern, It is very challenging to find grants that fit what we need grants for. A lot of grant makers in general will not fund startup organizations. They will also not fund building projects, which essentially both of those are what the Tavern is looking for. We're a startup nonprofit and we need the funds right now for what would be known as a capital campaign. So. A lot of grants automatically reject anything that has to do with really either of those. And it makes sense because a lot of foundations, they want to make sure that their money is going to something that furthers their mission. And they wanna go with organizations that have a track record. If you're a new organization, it's hard to say that you have a track record. And also they want it to go directly towards a mission or a cause. Now, I disagree that um, funding capital campaigns doesn't go directly towards a cause. I think it does, but in the world of nonprofits, for the most part, they don't consider it the same thing. But anyway, I kind of got a little bit off track there, but that's fine. So when it comes to an hourly grant writer, hourly grant writers are straight up hired by the nonprofit organization while having just a grant writer is a little bit more obsolete, a lot of times, um, the grant writer will be kind of roped into the development office development in the nonprofit world is specifically referring to fundraising with a little splash of strategic planning and kind of the, the reporting of data and things like that. So, um, a lot of development directors will do a lot of different things with fundraising. They won't just do grant writing, but they'll come up with a full fundraising plan including individual donations, corporate sponsorships, looking at both government grants and private foundations, any other fees for service that they can get depending on the the scope of the nonprofit and obviously the need as well. So while grant writers are typically just at the larger organizations, you do have some grant writers in smaller ones, but kind of like with a lot of small organizations, just like with a lot of small churches, usually what, like grant writing is just one piece of fundraising. So with a smaller organization, that's one piece of a lot of things that you do. Just like any senior pastor. Senior pastors have become televangelists over the last two years because of COVID. Um, They've also had to become tech savvy, the social media and communications guy. A lot of times pastors are also the janitor, the the caretaker of the facilities, Um, and maybe even sometimes the banker or all of these different roles that senior pastors play. It's kind of the same thing with grant writing. Grant writing is a piece of a bigger picture. So you do have in some cases where you'll have a grant writer on staff. And typically the range goes from about, let's say about $20 an hour to $25 an hour, or kind of going with the more salary. It could be as low as like 45,000. It could be as high as 60,000. It all depends on the experience, but essentially they function as any other staff member. They'll be on there and their sole goal is to write grants for the organization, find different funding, find different opportunities and through that they'll be able to continue to try to grow the organization through its grant funding. While on the other hand, the, the outsourcing of grant writing, typically it comes from a freelancer. So someone that they do grant writing for organizations all around the country. Sometimes it's a little localized. It all depends on the grant writer themselves. Typically it's something that um, they charge a little bit more for and a lot of times it's a little bit, they're a little bit more of an expert. So for me personally, I, like I said before, I've only written grants right now for the Learning Center, but I am available to you if you would like some support, some assistance, some guidance when it comes to grant writing for your organization whether you are a nonprofit, whether you're a church, I can give you guys a little bit of assistance. So first of all, if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, like I could, I really want to learn more about grant writing. I feel like grants could really help launch this particular program in our ministry. Hit me up, N C L E at gmail.com. I'll be there, I'm, I'm willing to work with you. I'm willing to try to do what I can. So as a freelancer, a lot of times they don't just have one specific organization they work for. A lot of times they work for several different ones. Some people, a lot of the freelance grant writers are individuals. A lot of them are pretty much self-employed. There's been a few times where I've seen agencies who have like a group of grant writers that do this type of thing. So they'll have like a portfolio of, let's just say, 20 different organizations that they work for, and then it gets distributed from there. So overall, you have your paid people and you have your contracted people. What are the pros and cons to each? For your hourly people, one of, to me, the biggest pros are is that They have a very specific focus of your organization. They have that passion for you. And what I mean by that is obviously, as you go through the hiring process of a grant writer or a development director, they are going to only look towards trying to make your mission work. They have a passion for whatever it is that you do. They really want to see that mission continue. So if that passion is children in the inner city. Like, that's gonna be what they look for. And really, all of their focus is gonna be on you. And that's really, to me, a huge deal because part of what makes grant writing fun and part of what makes grant writing effective is having that passion for the cause. While people can give numbers and statistics, I feel like unless you truly care about the mission and the vision of the organization, it's hard to completely get behind writing that grant. So for me, an hourly employee brings a lot of value in that regard. Secondly, in the short term, they're a lot cheaper. So grant writers will make typically like 20 to $25 an hour. But a lot of times if you're doing a freelance or through an agency, it could be as high as 50 or hundred dollars an hour. A lot of it depends on how they do it. Some grant writers that do freelance do it hourly. Some will do it by the project. So if it's a a really extensive grant proposal, then maybe they'll charge $1,000 as a flat rate. Or sometimes they'll do it $50 or $100 an hour. It all depends on how the freelancer does it and how they, they look to get paid through it. So really, That's one of the bigger things is that it's in the short term, it's cheaper. And also they're more passionate about your mission. However, most grant writers that are freelancers actually start out in working for a specific organization. So typically that means that if you're getting an hourly grant writer, they have less experience and therefore might be a little less skilled than you have for a freelancer. While that may not be bad. It's just something you want to keep in mind. Also in the long term, having a, an hourly grant writer on staff will cost more. So while in the short term, $20 an hour versus $50 an hour makes a huge difference. Remember that you're paying this person to be your grant writer all throughout the year. So instead of it being a specific project for a set amount of time, your grant writer is going to be with you indefinitely, which will be good because they can, they'll have more time to dedicate to finding more grant writing opportunities and possibly continue to build capacity for your organization. But there's the negative that they may not be able to, like they, they'll cost more than having just that grant writer that you come in for a month or two to, to do the proposal and that's it. So that is your hourly grant writer, when you look at a freelancer, some of the benefits are that they are more skilled. Typically a freelance grant writer doesn't just work for one organization. They've worked for several. So therefore that means they have a lot more experience. That means they have a lot more knowledge of various funders and different ways of building funding. And they'll have different styles so that you'll have a lot of different things to work with. So you'll get someone that's a lot more skilled in the long term. Once again, it'll be cheaper. So if you're having a grant writer come in for a specific grant, one that, you know, that you can definitely get a lot of money for. And they're only charging you say a thousand dollars. That's probably about the same that you'll end up having to do for that's how much you'd be paying your hourly employee plus all of the payroll taxes and the benefits and things like that a huge advantage to outsourcing it is you only have to pay the flat rate you don't have to pay for their taxes the freelance person will take care of that themselves you don't have to pay for the half of um, unemployment social security and all that stuff you're just giving them a flat check and that's it so as far as overall costs it'll be cheaper however A couple of the cons are, number one, they don't have as much passion directly for what you do. Um, Someone that's from the outside in, they can give good perspective, they can give you a lot of things, but they don't fully know your heart because they're not a part of the organization directly. So as a result, it might be more challenging to get that full passion. I'm not saying that they'll be less successful at getting grants because they are more skilled, they have a lot more talent and they know a lot more people. But they may not get exactly the nuances that you're looking for. So in the end, you make the call. I think especially for smaller organizations, outsourcing a grant here and there might help. I think once you kind of get to a point where you're a little bit more stable, I would say hiring a development director is probably the next best thing when you have that capacity and you're like, I don't know exactly what I need to hire next, or you're kind of having that debate in your head, I would say hire someone that's going to be exclusively in charge of fundraising because then that'll help continue to fuel everything that you're doing. And I know as executive directors, as lead pastors, as presidents, CEOs, whatever you call yourself in your nonprofit, I know that there's a lot of things that you need to do. And not having to worry as much about fundraising would be a huge burden off your chest. So let me just encourage you, think about these different options. Maybe you can even contract a few people from a local college. I know there's a lot of colleges that have nonprofit programs and the, the organizations have a lot of grants that need to be written. A good way is to connect with colleges, maybe have a couple interns try to work on a few proposals just to see kind of what happens. Um, cause the, the intern will love the experience. They can say that they've written X amount of grants and even funded a few of them, but regardless, I would say maybe start out with contracting, see how that works. And if that doesn't work, then go to hourly or vice versa. If it seems like you have a grant writer, that's not pulling their weight then try contracting a grant, see what happens. But I think in the end, knowing the full scope can kind of give you a good picture of what you should look for and what you shouldn't. So now it's time for confessions of a missionary. And this week I really wanted to talk about kind of, it kind of goes a little bit with the first week of communication. And it's something that I continue to struggle with as a missionary and it has to do with food and i'm not talking about like pastors going to weird places to eat or anything like that i'm talking about when i ask a pastor to go out to lunch typically when i say i want to go out to lunch a lot of pastors will reply back with well we can't support missionaries right now and a lot of times i don't even include I'm looking to try to raise support with you. For me, I know that Rando, Joe off the street, whether their missions are great or not, it's really hard to say, to, to have someone at your church, unless you actually get to know them and get to talk to them. And I don't try to do like the bait and switch thing, especially when you're first talking with someone. I want to just get to know you. For me, A big part of missions is not just having enough people to support you, but also having enough people that will advocate for you. So maybe going to lunch with someone, you're not going to get support out of them, but they know someone that will support you, or there's someone that can vouch for you. Or there's someone that can say, I went to this ministry and it's awesome. So I think what's really important for pastors, take your missionaries out to lunch. I don't think you have to go into every single lunch, feeling the pressure of, I have to support this, this missionary. Because there are a lot of times where I go to lunch and like, that's all I do. I met you and it's great. And that's all that happens. But for me. Once again, it kind of makes me feel like I'm a telemarketer or, or something like that. When I'm just asking someone, Hey, do you want to go out to lunch? And they don't reply or they say, well, we can't support missions right now. What's it going to hurt to just go out and meet someone? Even if you know in your heart that your church's budget can't support them. Guess what? You have a paycheck too. Maybe God is calling you to support them personally or even if it's not about financial support. For me, a lot of times it really helps when I have friends in the room, when I can go up to someone and say, Hey, I know you, you're a good person. And it makes me feel a lot more comfortable. And I feel like I just want to encourage pastors today. Just take your missionaries out to lunch. If they say, Hey, let's just go to lunch. They might be looking for a friend. They might be looking for someone to pray for them. They might be looking for someone that can give them really good advice. A lot of times I feel like when I reach out to a pastor, it's typically not just me flipping through the AG directory and picking a random name. I feel like there's usually a reason why I'm reaching out to them, whether it's someone that I feel like would be someone that's really into missions, whether that's someone that I had met recently and I really wanted to continue to build a relationship. There's a lot of different reasons why a missionary will meet with a pastor. And it's not just always support. Maybe they are looking for a friend. I know for me, like, I look around at a lot of my missionary peers and there's not a lot of people that look like me. But there are a lot of pastors that look like me. There are a lot of pastors that may be semi-bivocational I know technically everything I do is still ministry related, but also I'm kind of bivocational in that sense. I'm an under 40, which I feel like in the AG, they make a specific group for it. So it's kind of considered a minority. So I feel like just in general, what's it going to hurt for you to take some time out, go to, go to a nice restaurant. I mean, pastors are going to be eating lunch anyway. Why not eat it with a missionary? Don't be afraid of just going up to a missionary and and having a chat. I know a lot of times it may be intimidating. And sometimes for some missionaries, everything is directly related to fundraising. But I feel like when it comes to fundraising, you also need to have friends. You need to have people that are are in your corner, that are willing to, to fight for you. And I love those people that it doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter the circles that they're in, they'll always say, hey, those folks at the meeting place do some awesome things. And I think through that, we end up getting stronger relationships with other people where they're like, oh, so-and-so vouched for them? Okay, I can get on on their I can get on their train. So, pastors, just at least meet with them for lunch. Meet with us. Go out to Bob Evans or mcdonald's whatever you want and also it's a work meal anyway so it'll get written off you can depending on how your church works you can even have the church pay for it so it won't even be out of your pocket but either way meet meet for lunch your missionaries could give you a lot more than you think because so often i think pastors think that they're just giving to missionaries. But missionaries can provide things, too. We can bring things to the table. And it's not just about inspiring your church to do missions. We can bring a friend. We can bring someone that can actually pray for you. So just meet with us for lunch. So there you go. I hope some of you pastors out there will meet some missionaries out for lunch next week. I think it would be an awesome testimony to how. Um how you're there for them and how sometimes it's just nice to have a friend in your corner. But in the meantime, this is the Nonprofit Missionary Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, whether that's subscribing on Apple, Spotify, or however else you listen. Make sure you check us out. Check out our website, McQuillersandCLE.org. And we can't wait to see you next time.